Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. This is Fantasy MLB Today. I am your host, Joe Orico, and as we do, we will give you the Twitter handles to follow right off the bat. You can go and follow me at Joe Orico 99 so that's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99, and you can also go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account, which is E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. Now, daily, both of those accounts post this show, and as we get into the regular season, we're going to be giving you more fantasy content on those accounts. In particular, I'm going to try on mine to give you a list of most added players, most dropped players, and kind of analyze if you should be picking them up or avoiding them. Uh, Platoons, so if there's uh, going to be players rotating in and out of lineups, I'll keep you up to date on that kind of stuff. Closer situations. Uh, starters, good starters to stream in a particular week because they start twice. Little things like that. I'm going to try and keep you up to date on Twitter as well as on the pod here. So we'll try and have you follow in on both platforms and then you try and uh, get as much information as you can to help you in fantasy this year. Today we are going to finish off our infield show, our infield shows, and we're going to cover third base, which the hot corner, great position, a lot of fun players to talk about there. And we only have four shows left, including today, that will be preseason shows. Once the season gets going next Thursday, then we are into a whole different type of fun. Because we'll actually have real games to be breaking down, as opposed to just looking at preseason stuff, spring training, and try and gauge value based on that. And it's 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 tough to do it uh, based on spring to really properly evaluate players, so... It'll be a lot more fun once the season actually gets going in earnest and we can start breaking down how the stars are doing, major injuries. It'll, it'll be a ton of fun. I'm really excited, and I hope you guys will be here for the ride with me as we grow this page. I'm really, really excited for this season, guys, and I hope you are too. Let's get into the player breakdowns. We're going to do third base today, and as in the last few days, we're going to try and skip over some guys who I might have talked over who may have multiple uh, positions that they play in fantasy. So I might have talked about them. Um, just the name that jumps off the board is Wander Franco, who has third base and shortstop eligibility. But we talked about him at length yesterday, so we're not going to be discussing him again today. That doesn't make sense. If you do want to hear about different positions, then you can go back throughout these last two weeks of shows, and we've done a, a breakdown of every position, starting from catcher. And we've also looked over free agent signings, uh, different things like that. If you go... And look, over the last two weeks, we have gotten a lot of information out. So we're, we're doing well here so far. I, I like the way that we have uh, have started out. And I'm just, like I said, really, really looking forward to having actual games to go over, uh, real-time stuff to go over. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Enough of my rambling. Let's talk about some third baseman. We'll, we'll briefly touch on Jose Ramirez, even though I've talked about him a lot. He is a solid play early on in the first round here. We won't spend too much time on him because it's pretty clear where his value comes from. Um, He is one of those guys who has the outside potential to be a number one ranked player for the season. It's not like a crazy thought. If his team was a bit better, it'd be a lot more realistic. But it is something that is possible if he keeps uh, the same kind of numbers he had last year with a higher batting average then he'll certainly be in that top first half of the first round picks, the top six picks. His ADP is four right now, but you get him anywhere inside that top four or five. 
you're you're drafting a solid player who's sw- who's a switch hitter, so there's not going to be lineup stuff working against him this year or ever. It's a really solid pick. He's the safest um, third baseman in that first round range. He's pretty much the only one going in the first round. Some people are taking the next guy. We'll talk about Rafael Devers in the first round, but a little bit riskier. Um, for me, I've talked about this at length. I like, especially with the first round, I like to have at least my five categories covered in whatever. If I'm drafting a pitcher, I want to have all five of those pitching categories pretty much covered. Obviously, saves you're not going to have covered on the pitching side. If you draft a batter first round, then you want to have someone who can cover you a little bit of everything. Now, Devers doesn't steal bases, and that's something... It's not going to hinder his fantasy value a particular amount, a particularly large amount, because of how elite he is with the power, with the runs driven in. And he's playing in a fantastic lineup. I just worry uh, using a first-round pick on someone like that. Now, his ADP is 15, just outside the first round in uh, in your standard 12-team leagues. Which I like him in that range. I don't like him jumping up into the first round just because I do like to cover all of the all of the categories with my first pick if I can. A guy like a Trey Turner, a Boba Shed, a Jose Ramirez. Those are my ideal first round picks. Just so you have every category kind of taken care of. Um, Devers is a, is a stud. He shouldn't be uh, ignored because of the lack of steals. He's still going to be taken very early on. I would just caution against using a first-round pick on him. But even if you do use a late first-rounder, it probably won't burn you. I just am kind of peculiar with the way I like to have my team set, and I really like to have the first pick be really versatile, both position-wise, if possible, and, and of course, statistically. So, I mean, I know I've gone on at length about how I love steals, but... They're really, really a commodity early on in drafts because they go quickly, guys who can steal. That's why I, I go on and on and on about it. There are guys later on in drafts, post pick 200 or so, 300, yeah, there'll be guys who could steal down there, but they're not going to be giving you that complete kind of package like you're going to be getting with these early round players who help you out in every category. So it's a small gripe with Devers with the steals because of everything else he produces, but it is nonetheless a gripe. Let's move on to Manny Machado. He was great last year, really. I mean, he wasn't talked about so, so much. And I'm not really sure why it was. Maybe he's overshadowed by uh, Fernando Tatis with the Padres. Maybe it's that... I don't. I don't honestly know. I mean, he was in the American League East, which is a very popular division it's a very talked about division and now he is in the national league west which is also one of the more talked about divisions so i don't i don't really know why but it does feel like over the last couple years people haven't really been as hot on machado as they were in his early days with the orioles the numbers are there still 28 homers 106 driven in not a huge base dealer but 12 bags definitely nice and he batted he batted two seventy eight last year, which you can expect from him again in that kind of range. I really like him. He's being drafted around pick twenty two, and I don't like that particularly at all. It feels too high. Uh, there's a lot. There's not a ton of third basemen. It's not uh, doesn't have the same kind of depth as some of the other positions we've talked about. I was talking last week or it was earlier this week, actually, about how first base can go... No, it was last week. First base was last week. 
I was talking about how you can go almost 40 players deep in terms of value. That doesn't happen uh, with third here. There's probably going to be 20-ish guys who are going to be really, really good. Maybe 25 who you can roster comfortably. And mind you, there are guys within that list who aren't really third baseman per se. They're more utility guys. So like a Chris Taylor is one of those people who's in that list. And he's more of a utility guy. Ty France is more of a first baseman and plays second base, but not really third. Although he does have the eligibility, so it will muddy the rankings a little bit. But when you actually get down and look at it, there are not a ton of there are not a ton of people going down the board uh, who will have that kind of crazy value here. I'm, I'm getting distracted because I've actually this hasn't happened yet on our show, but. We have a little bit of breaking news, actually, on the show here. The Dodgers have traded A.J. Pollock to the White Sox for Craig Kimbrell. My God. I mean, I know we're I know we're doing a third base show today, but let's just quickly pause. Um, initial thought is it's actually going to be probably decent for A.J. Pollock's value because he wasn't going to be playing every day uh, with the Dodgers. He's going to a, a team that's really, really good. Uh, in the White Sox, he'll f- he'll fit into the everyday lineup. I would imagine over there. This is a, this is a big trade, actually. Not massive, but these are big pieces going back and forth, especially for fantasy. I'm excited, guys. Craig Kimbrell also on the move, going to the Dodgers. You have to figure he'll slot into that Kenley Jansen closer role that has now been uh, that is now vacant. So he'll be shooting up draft boards in the next couple days. Let's take a quick pause on third base because this is this is really cool. I like doing this. This is fun. Let's take a look at where he's going in drafts. Oh, my God. He's going to pick 185. If you're drafting today, if you're drafting right now, go and draft Craig Kimbrell. My goodness. That is going to be a huge development on the closer side of fantasy for sure. He's going to jump into the top 100 ADP. Uh, guaranteed, he's going to jump almost 100 draft picks. If you're drafting today, uh, if your drafts happen to be today, or if you happen to be doing it right now or right after the show, then, my God, I hope you guys, your, your league mates haven't heard about this yet because you can really get a leg up on people here with Craig Kimbrell. And even with A.J. Pollock, uh, he's not going to be crazy valuable, but... That's that's a good trade for his fantasy value. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to leave the Dodgers. You, you wouldn't think that that's going to be great for your value, but he wasn't going to be playing, probably not playing. He wasn't really playing every day last year. He At points he did, and at points he was really good. But this will be a spot where he's playing every day also on a competitive team. So his ADP is currently 227. That's going to shoot up into the top 200. No question. He'll be in the top 200. It, it, I like A.J. Pollock there. That's that's really that's a cool trade for both teams. I like that trade. Well, we've had our first bit of breaking news here on the show. That You know, that is something that I am going to look forward to as we go on because that is really fun as something comes up to talk about it right away. I know I sound like a kid in the candy shop here, but that was really fun. It's just something about uh, I don't know seeing it as it seeing the news as it breaks and immediately talking about it. There's something there's something to be said for instant news like that. 
and that's what we have uh, we have to thank Twitter for. Let's get back to the third baseman. That I'm still kind of blown away by that trade, especially right before the season here. And apologies, I will put it in the description of the show today to uh, to look out for that trade talk. If you are just trying to look for third base, you can just skip over there. Um, but fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. Trades are a lot of fun, especially when you got marquee players going back and forth. And I hope that that happens more throughout the season because that was that was cool. Let's go back to third base. I know I might have overhyped that a little bit, but a lot of fun doing that. I like that a lot. Let's talk briefly about Austin Riley. I've talked about him uh, a little bit in the past. I like him uh, at the ADP. Is I like him okay here at forty three. It seems it seems pretty good. He's coming off a year where he had thirty three homers, 107 driven in, and a 303 batting average. And I've talked about in the past, in the last week, actually, how it's hard for him, how it's hard for anybody to maintain 300, 30, and 100 throughout the season. But I, you know, I, even if he doesn't maintain that, I think that he'll still be able to meet this ADP of 43. When I did my projections last week, he was in the early 30s, I believe. I think he'll be able to keep up what he did last year uh, similarly. Maybe not exactly. But I think that pick 43 makes sense. It's I'm not going to spend too much time on him because we've already talked about him a lot. But it's he's going to be valuable there. He's going to be... Uh, there's not really a third baseman going after him for a little while. It's about 20 or so picks, depending on how you want to look at Wander Franco. But... Uh, if you're in that range looking for a third baseman and you want to get it taken care of, Austin's a good player to have there. He also has first base eligibility. And he's not going to kill you there at the ADP in the fourth round. You can get three maybe a little more established guys ahead of him. As good as he was last year, I, I really value uh, consistency going back for at least a couple of years. Because a proven track record for me is really important, especially when drafting. Also, throughout the season, when you're just looking at trades and waiver pickups and stuff, players who have done it in the past always hold a little more water. And Riley is still a bit new on the scene, so a little bit of caution needs to be had, but I think you'll be fairly safe with him. Chris Bryant, uh, we've talked about as well. I'm not I'm not drafting him in this current slot. So he had a, a really solid comeback kind of year last year. Uh, split between San Francisco and Chicago. And it wasn't that great. He was good. I, I rostered him last year. He was good. But, I mean, 25 homers, 73 RBIs, 10 steals. He doesn't really particularly excel in any one category. And he's being taken to pick 68. It's, it's, too, it's much too high around six to be going for someone. I mean... A huge part of his value is that he can play every outfield position and he can play first and third. He's not really much of a center fielder, but for fantasy's sake, he can be a center fielder. That is a huge part of his value. And, I mean, maybe people think in Colorado he's going to have a crazy power season. I just don't see it. He's never been a crazy power hitter anyway. And now he's aging. It's... He's not old, but he's definitely older. I'm not I'm not drafting him here. I'm definitely fading him at 68. Way too high. Way too high. Let's talk about Nolan Arenado. 
I really like Arenado. Um, I love his defense, but that's not really important for fantasy, unfortunately. Some leagues it might be. If you are in a league where you're looking at uh, fielding percentage or even assists, you know, he's uh, someone who would be valuable in that in that category. But in terms of the offensive numbers, 34 homers, 105 driven in last year, and a 255 average. A lot of good power on that St. Louis team. A lot of good players. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Tommy Edmond, uh, O'Neal. And they've brought back Albert Pujols, which is not going to be massive for fantasy. But it's a great story. I grew up loving Albert Pujols, so it's, it's great to see him back in St. Louis. But going back to Arenado, I think that he will probably be around his ADP of 51. He might fall a little bit. And he was 81st ranked player last year, so it might be a, a little bit high to draft him in that range. But he's going to be a fairly safe guy. He's one of the guys who you pretty much know what you're going to get with him. It might fluctuate a little bit between 25 and even 40 home runs in that range somewhere. And like 90 to 115 RBIs or so. But you pretty much know what you're going to get. He has proven it for how many years now? Eight years that he... This is who he is. He's like a 30 home run, 100 RBI kind of guy. The average was a little bit low last year, 255. Definitely look for him to bring that up this year. Um, yeah, I think I think pick 51 feels a little bit high. It feels high. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be jumping to take him there. That's as as fine as it'll probably be. See if you can see if you can get him a little bit lower down. If you don't get him there, if someone else takes him, someone else takes him. You can make up the value a little bit later on. But he is someone who you essentially know exactly what he's going to give you. He's he's been very consistent in his career. Alberto Mondesi, we're not going to talk about. We've talked about him already. Let's go on to Alex Bregman. Coming off not a great year. He was injured, so I mean you have to take that into account but 350 at bats that's that's a decent sample size 12 homers 55 driven in one steal pick 74 like it's just it's too high it makes no sense i would rather wait into the hundreds personally on a third baseman unless you get like a jose ramirez or a rafael devers i'm actually waiting like there's some of these guys who i've talked about today who are they're fine at their ADP. I like them fine. Riley, Machado, I like them. But there's guys in the hundreds who have similar kind of upside. They won't cost nearly as much. And you can draft in those early rounds with more certainty. So guys like Bregman, Arenado, Bryant, great players. All of them great players. Why use a pick in the 50s, 60s, or 70s when you can draft a guy 120, 130, 140 who's going to give you a similar skill set? Try and look for value wherever you can going down draft boards. Look, It's good to look at a spreadsheet of a position or whatever site you use uh, for your fantasy stuff and just look at all the players at a position. Look what they did last year. And look at where you have replaceable value. Look for lower down the board, 20 home run hitters or 20 steal guys. Things like that. Little pieces of uh, a discounted value that you can find throughout the draft. And third base is one of those positions where it's not particularly deep. 
but there are certain options that are attractive. There are certainly attractive options here down the board. Um, Bregman, I'm not jumping on Alex Bregman there. Now, Anthony Rendon is coming off of a bad year. No question. Didn't play a lot. He, uh, he hurt himself. I forget how long it took him to hurt himself. It didn't take that long from what I remember. Six homers, 34 RBIs. It has bounce back written all over it. He's being drafted at pick 100. Pick 99, actually. So, not particularly high. Even last year and the year before, he was like a top three round uh, pick. I don't remember exactly where he went last year, but he was going really high. So, there is a potential for a massive turnaround from him. At pick 100, you're not using so much, uh, it's not so much of a risk like it would be with Arenado at 51, Riley at 43, as much as I like Riley. Look for discounts. I love the bargain bin as you go down every position. I love looking down every position and trying to find discounted value. So Rendon, that is discounted value. Absolutely. Like there are not a hundred better players than him in baseball. He's coming off a bad year. There's not a hundred better players than him in fantasy baseball. He will outperform the ADP. I'm almost certain of he's in the middle of that angels lineup and you know, they have everybody going at full speed, Walsh, Otani, Trout, Rendon. They could be a scary middle of the order there. And there's there's potential for 100 RBIs for Rendon. So not someone I'm going to go out and say draft, draft, draft. But I pick 100. It's a fairly safe guy who has a bit of a proven track record. I mean, last year, obviously, was a, was a disaster. But I think... I think you'd be fairly safe taking a gamble on him at pick 100. But as I've, as I've kept going on about, there is value down the board. Every position. You don't need to jump for anybody. Look for discounts. Let's talk Yohan Moncada. Who I like. Um, I like him okay. He's, kinda, he's not really a sexy fantasy player. He'll just be uh, one of your later draft picks. I mean, he's being drafted at 147, which I don't really get. He had pretty much a full season, 520 at-bats. 74 runs is fine. 14 homers is below average for third base. 61 RBIs is below average for third base. Three steals is fine. You're not going to get a ton of steals out of most third basemen. And a 263 average. There's nothing about his line... It's nothing really in his track record that makes you think you want to draft him here. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be jumping. I'm not going to be jumping to take him. I'm not going to even be really taking him at all. If he falls a little bit, maybe sure. But I, there's not. There's nothing really attractive there. There's not one category that he really excels in, and he doesn't really give you that baseline production. I mean, he, he's okay for runs. It's just, it's boring. It's a boring fantasy production. It's just not, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his fantasy game, really. Um, let's briefly talk about Matt Chapman. We've talked about him already, but I, I like Chapman, especially where he's being drafted, uh, 137. Now people will say 
He's never really had a fantasy season inside the top 100, granted. But he's also never had quite as good of a situation as he has now. From what I remember seeing of uh, the Jays, they talked about a potential opening day lineup where I think he's batting 6th or 7th, which is not ideal. You'd rather, if you're drafting him, you'd rather have him in that 5 slot. He'll probably bounce around a little bit in that middle, bottom of the order. Like, he'll never be batting cleanup. I hope he won't be batting cleanup. There would have to be terrible injury problems for him to be that high. But 5-7, to seven, he'll be batting. There'll be a ton of RBI potential. If he gets his batting average up, he's he's going to be a steal at 137. And he's one of those first guys um, past pick 100 that I'm looking at and seeing, yeah, okay, I really like that. I really like what they can possibly give me. The next guy is Cabrian Hayes, who I like the potential. People thought last year was going to be probably his year. It, it wasn't really. Um, but as you get into that, he's going to pick 170. So you're not using a ton of draft capital, a phrase I've used a lot on the show. He'd be going in about the 14th round in a standard league. And he could break out. You know, he's going to break out either this year or next year. I'm fairly confident he's got the raw tools. He's playing on a crappy team, but that shouldn't impact him too much. I mean, he'll steal bases if if he's playing every day. I'd like to see the power turn around a little bit. Like, he's not the safest pick in this range, but he's definitely someone with a lot of upside. So keep an eye. Keep an eye on him. I'm not going to advocate drafting him necessarily here, but in this range, especially if he falls a few picks further perhaps, he's someone who could be really valuable. And it's the upside, right? You'd be drafting for upside in that range. And at, and at round 14, you can draft for upside at once at, at that point, once you already have 13 players you've already filled out your core there might be one or two guys you add to your core later on but those are going to be your um your mainstays throughout the season uh we'll touch on a couple more guys josh donaldson uh he's you know i've always said that the blue jays kind of gave up on him before they needed to he's still a productive fantasy player he had 26 home runs and 72 rbis last year it's not like crazy valuable but you know, at the end uh, end of your draft, a good guy, a guy who can hit, he had potentially thirty home runs. The Yankees do have some strange lineups, so despite the fact that they have Judge and Gallo and Stanton, I wouldn't be surprised to see Donaldson batting like in the three four range. Now, you'd think he'd probably be like a six seven slot kind of guy, but I could see the Yankees playing him third or fourth in that order. So there'll be a lot of RBI potential. So look for the seventy two to go up from last year. The home runs probably be about the same. And, you know, he's capable of a better batting average than 247. There's not a ton of upside, but it's definitely still definitely still something, uh, somebody to be looking at. And the Toronto connection, of course, I've, as I've mentioned, I'll always have a special place in my heart for Donaldson. So uh, he's somebody to, to like... Where he's being drafted, he's not going to hurt you. And all he can do in that kind of range around pick 200, he's going around pick 180. But in that kind of range, he can really be an asset uh, just at the end of your bench, you know, or at the end at the end of your lineup. So we'll talk about one or two more guys today. Um, we haven't really talked about him. I was thinking about talking about him yesterday, but it didn't really make sense to. 
that would be Eugenio Suarez. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Eugenio. It looks like Eugenio, but I think it's Eugenio. Now, he's just a power specialist. If you're late in uh, if you're late in drafts and you're looking at your team and you need power and you're not so concerned with batting average, then he would be a guy to target. He's going around pick 200, and he'll be in a good lineup. Seattle's going to have a field a good team this year. Surprising. Weird, weird thing to say. Weird to put those words in that particular order that Seattle will be fielding a good team this year. But they should be. They should be a good team, especially if uh, if their pitchers... Well, I'm looking at two guys, really, not to do with Suarez, but Logan Gilbert and Jared Kalanick. I'm looking for both of those guys to really ramp it up the season. But with Suarez, I see, you know, maybe he's just... Maybe it was something to do with the situation in Cincinnati. I don't know, because he's not this bad to bat 198. Because that's what that's what he batted last year, 198. It's it's really bad. It's really bad. But you have to remember, he's a 250 career batting average. His first few years in the majors, his first uh, several years in Cincinnati. I'll read them out. 280, 248, 260, 283, 271. The last two years have been 202 and 198. You combine the last two seasons and he's Ted Williams. He's a 400 batting average. You have to look for that to turn around. He's such a power threat. 2019, 49 home runs. The year before, 34. So I picked 200. There's a crazy amount of upside there. It's a common theme today, late round upside. Common theme really in my position breakdowns. I hope you guys have enjoyed these. Uh, late round flyers, and I hope that you guys listen and draft one or two of them. I'm curious uh, to hear back from you guys on Twitter as to the success rate of these guys. Uh, if you took my advice, if not, that's cool. We'll still be here giving you advice, even if you're going to take it, or if you're not. We will be giving it to you. And I'm curious um, on Twitter how you guys are bearing in your drafts, how... Maybe uh, you've drafted players who have been injured. So maybe you drafted Fernando Tatis. It sucks, but maybe you had an early draft. If you want to talk about any of those sort of things, any baseball-related stuff, any sports-related stuff in general, but particularly baseball, fantasy baseball, that's what we're trying to do here, you guys can hit me on Twitter. It's at JoeOrico99, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. And you can also go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account. That's E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. Both of those accounts will be posting the show daily. And throughout the season, we'll be giving you other fantasy-related content. We hope to be giving you some cool baseball stuff this year, throughout the year. I certainly will, and we're hoping to branch out more and more uh, under the Sports Ethos name in terms of baseball, and fantasy baseball in particular. Guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. This has been our 10th show today, the end of our second week. Uh, All of the love on social and on the podcasting apps has been very much appreciated, uh, reading your reviews and things like that. I really appreciate it. So if you like what you've heard, continue to tune in next week. Uh, We will start with our outfielders on Monday, and then Tuesday we will break down pitchers. We'll do a combo starter reliever value show, just looking for uh, deep value on the pitching side. And then on Wednesday, we will look into uh, setting you up
for Thursday's debut and looking at uh, some starters who have been who have been announced by that point. And maybe we'll have some lineups to look at. Maybe we'll have some injuries. We'll have definitely more fantasy stuff. So please keep tuning in. Keep downloading. Keep subscribing. Keep following on Twitter. All of that is very much appreciated. Guys, I hope you have a fantastic Friday and a great weekend. See ya.